Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Box Score Breakdown for Thursday, the 28th of January 2021. I'm your host, Mr. Jolly of Sydney, and my partner, the other host, is, of course, Scotty Harland. He is aka The Harlander. You can find him at The Harlander23 on Twitter, H A R Lander23 on Twitter. I'm Mr. Jolly of Sydney on Twitter. Twitter. Shout out to the big knobs from hoop-ball.com, Aaron Bruski, Dan Besperus, all the people who work over there. Uh, it's one of the best things going in the fantasy NBA world. Get over to hoop-ball.com. Check out some of the great content if you don't already do that. Speaking of great content content on hoop-ball.com, I am joined today by the assistant managing editor of Hoop Ball Fantasy. He's a lover of Vegemite, a craft beer aficionado, a West Tigers tragic if you follow rugby league. And he says he probably drafted quite a bit of Brandon Clark this season. He's, of course, Adam King of Hoopball. He is Adam King 91 on Twitter. Adam, um, mate, where do I start? Brandon Clark, how many shares do you have? Uh, too many, perhaps. Uh, um, most teams, I would say probably five. I think I'm in six leagues, maybe five of my teams I have him. So it's, wow. been, a, it's been a tough... Uh, Whatever, whatever it's been, a week, week and a half with the the Grizzlies sidelined. So, but but I've held on to him. So hopefully he can keep going. Yeah, and he had, he was just starting to bounce back too, wasn't he? I have him in a few leagues, although I think I'm in more leagues than you. And I've got him in. A, I've probably got the same number of him, but the percentage is about thirty percent because I think I'm in about sixteen leagues, and I've got him in. I think about five. Uh, I, I was funny. I, a couple of them, I took him instead of Tommy Bryant. And early in the season, I was kicking myself. And then, of course, Tommy did his knee or and you know and he's out. And then I was like, oh, okay, maybe it wasn't too bad to have Brandon Clark instead. Shout out to Tommy the Tank, though. You don't like to make light of uh, players getting injured. But we'll, we'll see what happens. They should be back soon, shouldn't they, the Grizzlies? Uh, I think so. I did notice on, on ESPN that they took away his – I had him in my IR spot um, – but they've taken away the little O next to his name. That means he's out. So I'm assuming that means that they're they're sort of scheduled to play for their next game, which I I don't actually know when that is. It could be tomorrow. I haven't looked at the schedule. But, yeah, fingers crossed um, he's back this weekend. Yes, indeed. Uh, I've got a quick question for you, just sort of uh, looking at with players when you're drafting. Do you consider the difference between players per game value and um, total value much when you're drafting and what about in season you look at players and think well gee this guy is missing more games than I'd kind of hoped and maybe I should try and trade him away from somebody who's like not going to miss games like for example Christian Wood he missed he missed some games because he was injured and he's also missed some games for personal reasons would that influence you to consider maybe doing a sell high on somebody like Christian Wood uh look I think it can um 
Oh, it probably depends a little bit on your format as well. Uh, in a head-to-head, -head, those missed games can cost you. Um, in a roto, you can generally afford to, to cover for them if they're going to miss a few games. Um, this season, I mean, it's been a weird season, as we know, and, and um, player absences have been pretty unpredictable with all the COVID stuff going on. And I mean, Al Horford missed three weeks because he had a kid. Um, and then Nicholas Batum didn't even miss a day because he had a kid. So it's, yeah, it's sort of hard to project, but but I would, um, one, one thing I think I, I did look at this year when I was drafting and, and especially in season now is trying to limit how many players you have on a certain team um, because of COVID. So try and try and limit it to one if possible, but two at the most on, on one team. Yeah, and I, I, well, we've talked about this on that particular issue on the show as well. I think the other thing too, which... I did a bit, but I wish I'd done more of is not drafting guys who are going to miss back-to-backs in a season like this. Now, with all these postponed games, like I'm almost shuddering to admit that I drafted Westbrook in a, in a few leagues. Two of them are points leagues, which is sort of better. But the problem is with all their postponed games, now they're going to have even more back-to-backs. They are, yeah. They're starting to, to um, release those, those games that were missed. So there are going to be some back-to-backs coming up. Um, and there are those guys that we know are missing back-to-backs. And obviously one of those was Kawhi. Um, but it, it looks as though he he's going to play in most of them now. So for those that that managed to draft him a little bit later because of the, that concern, um, he's actually the second-ranked player this season. Uh, and if he's going to play in back-to-backs or most of the back-to-backs, he's probably going to end the season as a top-five player, and and you're probably getting him towards the back end of the first round um, in a lot of drafts. So so that's worked out well for him, but but of course there are a few guys that are still going to miss those back-to-backs um, like Westbrook, so that can be rough. Before we jump into the, uh, the, the games on the slate today, which there are four games for us to get into, so here, here I'll put you on the spot then. So Kawhi, I was offered... Kawhi for Damian Lillard in nine category head-to-head, which I thought about and then knocked back. Did I do the right thing to hang on to Lillard instead? Uh, oh, I don't think you did the wrong thing. Um, I would probably take Kawhi um, if I had to pick. If, the, if I had both of those players in front of me and I had to pick one, I'd probably take Kawhi just because of his defense. Um, but, um, I mean, we know Lillard's about as solid as they come Um in terms of fantasy, you know exactly what you're going to get uh, every year. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's the wrong decision, um, but I, th- I think Kawhi's probably just got a little bit more upside there on a per-game basis. Yeah, I, I think the thing that sort of scared me off a little bit, there were two things. One, because CJ's out, and in that particular league, I am struggling a little bit anyway. I want to make sure I make the playoffs. It's super competitive. So I thought, you know, D. Lil is going to be balling for at least another month. It's guaranteed probably top five value. And the other thing is the end of the season. I'm just not sure if this not playing back-to-backs is still going to be happening in April or May next year. But these kind of questions that I just asked Adam, they're the kind of thing you can ask if you've got the fantasy pass. The draft season is over, but the fantasy pass on hoop-ball.com is still the best deal in the industry. It's just $4.99 a month. And now we're into the regular season. There's zero commitment. You can sign up for one month for five bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel. We know you'll love it. You Look, it's five bucks. If you don't like it, I'll buy you a cappuccino next month to make up for it. And you can just not buy one for a month and you'll be <laughs> just just skip one cappuccino this month and you can pay for it. 
The Fantasy Pass has everything you need to dominate all year long. Updated projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and it's our new and our newest coolest feature, which is the Hoopball Discord server, where you can chat with Adam, you can chat with me, you can chat with uh, all the guys who appear on this show pretty much, and all of the Hoopball experts uh, for free if you have the Fantasy Pass. So check it out, hoop-ball.com, and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. Now, we were just talking about Christian Wood earlier. He was back today, which was great to see because I have him in a few leagues. They won 104 points to 101 against the Blazers in a very interesting and exciting game to watch, even with both teams um, missing some players and with, of course, uh, Houston sort of still struggling a little bit to get their game together and get used to playing with each other. I don't think they've had everybody out there playing together at one time yet. Uh, of course, for the Blazers, there's still no CJ McCollum, as I mentioned. It looks like he's probably going to be out for another month is the best guess that I can kind of work out. And the aforementioned Dame Dollar, he had 39, uh, 30 and 9 with five threes, 11 for 23 from the field. After a bit of a slow start, he's inside the top 10 now. Uh, inside the best three in the last week. That's what I was getting at with those uh, for the performances at the moment. Uh, his usage is up to 35. It's just great to watch him cook if you have him in a league or three, isn't it? It is, yeah. And as you said, he I mean, he's the default. Now. I mean, he's the default anyway, but uh, with no McCollum there, everything runs through him. Um, and, and I mean, you could even look at today's game where he had 30 points. The nine assists are really nice, but 30 points is is sort of an average game for him. So mm. when you consider that this is his floor probably for the next month, um, then it's pretty exciting to think the numbers he could be putting up, um, yeah, in the games to come. And speaking of floors, it seems like Enos Cantor has a double-double floor. He had 13 points, 13 rebounds, one steal, two blocks. He also had some terrible late defense against Oladipo late in the game. My goodness. Uh, you wanted him to, uh, I'm sort of... Because I, because I have D. Lil in quite a few leagues and he's done well for me, I've got a soft spot for Portland. And I was just wanting him to get that stop on Oladipo. And Oladipo just kind of lent into him on the drive and it was... He might have thought I've not even been there. Did you see it? It was terrible. I yeah, I did see it. Yeah, look, he, he's known for for not being the best defensive player, but um, I actually just fired off the tweet storm in our Discord uh, channel and and talked a little bit about Cantor and and his um, defensive numbers have actually been a little bit better uh, over the last couple of years. Actually, if you if you sort of look at a, a large sample size there, but even over the last week or two since he he came into the starting lineup. Um, while while he isn't a good on-court defender, um, he is sort of doing a little bit like James Harden does and, and just racking up some defensive numbers there um, purely by just being on the court. So uh, that's just something to watch and, and an interesting sort of wrinkle there and, and something that adds to his overall value. And probably something I should mention, uh, which we, I was going to say we talked about yesterday in the Ghost Show. We had uh, Adam and I recorded yesterday. We had some technical foo bars and we ended up losing the show and I was talking about Kyrie and how he's picking up quite a few blocks this season. And he still he usually does okay in steals, but the blocks, because so many people are just putting shots up in his face that he has to get some stats. That might be the case with Cantor as well. He had eight blocks combined in two games against OKC in Atlanta in the last week. And he had another two blocks today. That's just a case of the opportunity, isn't it? Because he's being targeted so much. It is. That's right. They're they're going to go at him, um, and and we saw that with with Christian Wood today and, and Cousins when he was on the floor. Um, 
and and yeah, I mean, he's he's just going to fall into a block um, per game. And, and if you can get sort of 1.2, even 1.3 blocks and half a steal, uh, then that's a win if you've got Cantor on your team. And I don't have any Cantor. And one of the, I'm, a, I'm a pretty voracious user of the waiver wire. I don't really care about waiver priority uh, in the leagues where that happens. And that, what that means is when somebody does have a huge breakout like Cantor did in one game or somebody gets injured, often I get uh, sniped. Shout out to my mate Stephen from Adelaide who got him in one of the leagues. <laughs> He's already in first place. He didn't need, doesn't need Cantor either. So I don't have much Cantor. I do have a bit of Carmelo Anthony. He stank it up today. 315 shooting, six points, nine rebounds, one assist. But he's getting some defensive stats. Two steals, one block for him today. He currently is around about the 120 mark on the season. He's okay to have for a 37-year-old bloke. You can't complain too much about what he's doing for you. Although his field goal percentage is a bit of a pain in your candy ass at times, as my mate from New Jersey would say. Gary Chent Jr. had 23 points, three rebounds, one steal, seven threes. So of his 23 points, I think it's like 93% were on the three-pointers. Eight for 16 shooting. If you need some threes and points, he's he's barely in the top 200 for the season. Uh, and even with CJ out, he's only been around like 100 I think 120 region because he's so hot and cold. You just got to be ready to drop him if you see a better, longer stream, don't you? He's not a must hold through this whole time with CJ out, is he? Uh, he's probably not, but I. Th- this was something I just wrote about in Discord as well. Um, uh, Simon's had a, a decent game today as well. And so I think when you look sort of across their roster, um, Rodney Hood uh, and Trent, and Simons are all sort of going to split those minutes um, left by CJ, and it, they're really just going to roll with whoever has the hot hand. So if Rodney Hood was to come out in the next game and, and hit his first three triples, then he may end up playing 35 minutes, whereas Gary Trent plays plays 20. So he's fine to pick up and, and throw in there, but as you said, you, you can move on quite quickly if he has a couple of dud games. And speaking of Simons, he had 14 and 8 with four threes. He had 26 points in his last start. And his last two games before today had him inside the top 50 over the last week. Uh, but, yeah, maybe with Derek Jones Jr. picking up that injury, is there a bit more minutes to spread around for all of these guys now, depending on how long he's out for? Yeah, I think so. Um, Rodney Hood can play sort of shooting guard or play up a little bit. So if Jones does miss time... Um, then there's capacity there for Trent and Simons to get some more minutes at the at the two guard spot with uh, with Hood sliding up to the three. So, yeah, just keep an eye on the injury report there for Jones, and and if if that is the case, then maybe you consider picking up Simons. Now, speaking of uh, Houston and Christian Wood, uh, as I mentioned, he's back. He had 22 and 12 with one steal and a block. He just seems to get a steal and a block pretty much every game. Back in a pretty big way. This is not his hugest line, but looking at the minute split between him and Boogie, Boogie or Boogie, Boogie, <laughs> Boogie Nights, Boogie, he just had uh, 11 minutes, two, four, and three, one steal. Uh, wow. He was 39th in the last week on a per game basis, averaging 18, 15, 1.7 steals and a block per game. This was a massive fall back to earth. And it just basically, he's only going to play when, when Christian Wood is sitting pretty much, isn't he? Yeah, look, it was it was a, a bit of a blow if you held on to him after those um, strong performances. But and he actually did look um, pretty good there. Christian Wood started really slow. Um, K- 
Canter was all over him to begin the game, so they brought in Cousins and he he sort of turned things around and and I think fired up Christian Wood a little bit, and then Cousins barely came on in the second half. So um, it wasn't a good matchup for him against the the Blazers because the, they sort of have to go small with with only Canter really and, and a little bit of Giles. So um, if you if you were holding on to Cousins, I think he's going to play more than eleven minutes um, in, in a more favourable matchup. But it doesn't look like they want to get they're going to be able to get them on the floor together. So I wouldn't yeah, barring an injury to Wood, um, I don't think Cousins is going to be able to have sustainable value. Yeah. You probably just hold on for a couple more games. It's one of those things I think you 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 drop him and you don't look back. If he comes back later in the season and something changes and he and he ends up you know providing set round I don't know round seven or eight value, you can't kick yourself for that because you can probably find other things on the wire. Uh, Victor Oladipo, he stunk early, but he got hot late. He ended up with twenty five, seven, five, and uh, one steal and a block. He was two for 10 from deep, but nine for 13 from two. I think that points to the Blazers' interior defense, doesn't it? Uh, it does. Like you said there, yeah, he he was he figured out his shot wasn't falling, so he just started attacking. Um, and with, with Cantor in there, he's not going to do a lot. Um, and they also didn't have Covington, so he's sort of their other... Um, shot blocking, uh, not a rim protector, but but he is someone in there who can actually defend the paint a little bit. So, uh, yeah, Oladipo just went to town in the paint. Now, he's an interesting one. In a word, is he a sell-high guy after he has a few good games? Because it ha- since he's been injured, his field goal percentage has been pretty bad. Last season, it was awful. This season, it's hovering around just uh, low 40s again uh, over the whole season in both both in Indiana and at Houston. He's just 72nd or something on the season. He was 375th in the last week before today because his shooting has been so bad. Uh, he's a sell-high candidate when he has a couple of really big games, is he? Uh, he could be. It's just going to depend what someone will give you back mm. for him. I mean, I think um, when you look at their their roster there, today was basically that that's their team that they they had most players available uh today so um you would think wall is going to miss times at some point during the season again because of his knee so uh yeah look i mean if you could get a top 50 player back for oladipo then i would probably consider that but if if someone's only going to offer you a mid-round guy you probably just hold on to him and and Mm. wear the 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 um percentages from the floor there he, he we've seen he, he's going to struggle at times but um if he if he gets in that mindset where he's going to attack the basket we we saw today that um he might be able to boost those percentages a little bit now another guy whose value is uh shrunken a little bit by his shooting is john wall he had 25 and 6 today which is good uh return although he was 6 for 16 from the field uh, he's around in that 80 to 90 range on the season, probably around where you drafted him. That that seemed to be the place he was going in all the drafts I did. Uh, good to see him back and, and playing good basketball, though. Eric Gordon fell back to earth a little bit. He had 30 minutes, but he was just 8, 4, and 1 on 2 for 11 shooting. Shout out for all the people celebrating grabbing him off the wire because this is what you get with Eric Gordon. You get some good games mixed in with some bad games. Uh, I'll tell you what's not bad. Not bad is having a good Valentine's Day because you have some Manscaped products. The Valentine's Day Lawnmower 3.0 package. That's what you need, fellas. 
Valentine's Day is upon us and our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming, are here to tell you, you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Two million people are already using Manscaped products to groom, so you need to be one of them as well. Uh, look, your girl might not know what she's going to get you for Valentine's this, this day this year. So just sort of maybe send her a link and say, hey, Manscaped. And the best way to get started is the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0, full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. So uh, it comes with a pair of Manscaped boxes that keep your junk feeling fresh all day long. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxes to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxes. Uh, the Perfect Package 3.0 is led by the revolutionary third-generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Of course, you know all about that. It's great stuff. Uh, you can also complete your grooming game with a new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped, the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas. This cologne is the perfect complement to the collection. Uh, it's the perfect package for your perfect package, as they say. Now, when you support uh, manscaped.com and you use the code HOOPBALL20, you're also supporting us. That's what keeps HOOPBALL going. Our lovely sponsors, of course, our premium subscribers help out quite a bit too, but you get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Your balls and the people who love them will thank you. That's HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Free shipping, of course. The next game on the slate, now we took quite a bit for game number one, which is probably good because at least half of game number two, we don't need to say much about because it's the Lakers. Uh, they lost to the Pistons. Pistons went on a 16-0 run uh, late in the fourth quarter. It was pretty remarkable to watch. Uh, did you see some of this game? It was really weird. Uh, I did see a little bit of this game. I was watching more of the um, the Rockets game, uh, but I saw bits. But, I mean, I don't particularly like watching the Lakers, um, but... The, the Pistons I, I do uh, enjoy watching because I have quite a lot of Pistons players in, yeah. in, in my sort of my, across my fantasy squad. So so I did see a bit of it, but not too surprising um, given that uh, Anthony Davis was out today. Uh, and I mean, LeBron started really well, but but just really got he didn't get much support there, yeah. so it wasn't wasn't completely surprising to see them lose this one. Let's run through the Lakers quickly before we get to the Pistons, where it is interesting because they're one of the teams I've been talking about, and and we looked at them early, before the season started, Scotty and I, and and picked out some narratives for the season, and the the Pistons was one of the narratives, like what was going to happen there, how was it all going to shake out? Did you want to take risks by grabbing some of these guys, not knowing what was going to happen? And uh, a lot of interesting stuff has happened, but let's do the uninteresting stuff first for the Lakers. LeBron had 22, a 7 and 10 on 8 for 19 shooting. Not one of his best nights. Dennis, the menace Schroeder, just 10 points on 2 for 8. Montrez Harrell, 8, 3, 1 and 1. Not great. Poor, uh, poor Paul Gasol, I was going to say. Mark Gasol, gee, 0, 9 and 4. That's one of the weirdest lines you'll see on 0 for 2 from the field. <laughs> he is just basically a blocks streamer, isn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's no other. Um, there's no upside there at all. Um, the blocks and and the assists. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he can provide assists from the center position, but um, yeah, he, he's he's not doing much out there. So um, yeah, I wouldn't be getting him unless you're really desperate for blocks. Now, Kyle Kuzma just has one use in fantasy basketball, isn't it? Which uh, I'll read his line first. He had 22 and 10 today, but he had uh, a couple of donuts in there, one block and three threes, no assists, no steals. Uh, he's just a one-day streamer when one of AD or LeBron is out, right? Yep. Yeah, I, I 
yeah, you don't need to say anything else. <laughs> you, there. Just, <laughs> you, stream, you stream in for one game and you drop in yep. before the next one. And if you're yep. in a weekly, you just don't bother. <laughs> it's no, basically that's what right. it is. Yeah. Now, to get to the Pistons where it's interesting, um, Jeremy Grant did not have a great game today. Uh, but is he, let's, let's talk about him in general. Is he the most improved player in the NBA, maybe alongside Chris, Bow- uh, Chris Boucher? Uh, well, oh, look, he'll be in the discussion, that's for sure. Um, I think there's probably a couple. I think Christian Christian Wood will probably sort of pop up in that discussion as well. Uh, they would be the three, though, that I would be looking at. If, if we had to vote on a most improved player at the moment, it would be one of those three, I think. Yeah, he had a, he had a down game today. He had 14, uh, th- three rebounds, six assists on five of 14 shooting. Not his best game. Uh, DeLon Wright, now... I've just, I think I've only got one or two of him. I had four or five for a while, but I dropped some. Uh, he has been the 20th best player in fantasy in the last week on averaging 17, six and six with two steals and a block. He's now inside the top 90 on the season and he was good again today. It's uh, He only had six points on three of seven shooting, but the eye test with the way he was distributing in the, in the fourth quarter looked just really good. He had eight rebounds, six assists, two steals and... Uh, he played 26 minutes. It's not massive minutes, but he is sneaky good value at the moment. Yeah, he is. I I have quite a quite a bit of him across my my teams. Um, he's someone that I drafted and then dropped and then managed to pick up again. So I'm glad I did. Uh, and and as I, I I'm sort of a a bit of an advocate for him when I do the. Um, tweet storms and, and any of the player write-ups and that sort of thing, that if you drafted him, you didn't draft him to score. Um, it's all those other things that he does. That's why you want him on your team. Uh, and, and the scoring tends to be a little bit better when Rose sits out, um, which is, as I mean, we've already seen that, that that's fairly frequent. So if if you can put up with the, the sort of lack of scoring like tonight, then, um, yeah, th- there's no reason to be dropping him. He's more of a, he's a guy who's more of a categories league than a points league guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. The, the, um, the 17 points that he's been averaging over the last, whatever, week or two, uh, that, that's not going to hold uh, all season. So, yeah, if you've, it's a category league where you want to be targeting him. Uh, Blake Griffin had a good game, and he, those are not that regular <laughs> anymore. He had 23 <laughs> points, three rebounds, six assists. He was one of the only Pistons who was good sort of throughout the game on eight for 16 shooting, hit five threes. A lot of his point scoring these days is sort of influenced by whether he's hitting his three-point shot or not, isn't it? It is, yeah. He he basically lives outside the perimeter now, which is it's probably a, a few factors there in that just his injuries and his knees and that sort of thing. He and and I guess he's he's trying to preserve um, his health, look after himself a little bit more by not banging inside. Mm. So, um, but as you said, it does mean that his his scoring is now pretty reliant on that three point shooting, and and I wouldn't call him a, an efficient three point shooter yet. Now, Mason Plumley had a massive game. He had 17 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, one block, seven for eight shooting, and he hit all of his foul shots, which is <laughs> uh, lottery ticket time with him, isn't it? It is, yeah. He, he's very up and down from the line. He uh, he had a game earlier, I think, in the season where he hit seven of seven or something from the line. So uh, he can do it, but you didn't draft him to make his free throws. So any time he does this is just a bonus. 
Now, I want to do some sort of jazz music here. Bebop, bebop, bam, bebop, bam, boom, because the Duke, Ellington, Wayne Ellington, my goodness, I've got him in four or five leagues now. It's funny because I, I got him a couple of places, and then he, he's one of these guys, I don't know, because he's old, he's not very sexy, uh, even though he's got that jazz genius name. He he seemed to just keep sitting on waivers. So I grabbed him in two leagues one day, and then he had another massive game. I think he hit six threes. I grabbed him in another league, and then I was looking around my leagues, and he was still there. I think over about a week, I've picked him up in one or two leagues, like on six days in a row. Now I've got like eight of him. He had 20 points with six for nine shooting from deep. This has to slow down a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, well, it will, yeah, but um, we know he can do this. I mean, he he's done this previously um, where he'll go on runs like this, and as you said, you just have to pick him up and ride it. And I actually managed to pick him up in one of my leagues this morning. So you're right. He, he is still on waivers, um, even though I'm just looking at his game log here. So his last few games, he's hit uh, six, four, six, four, six, four, seven triples. So um, that's about as elite as you'll find. So if he's there and, and you need threes, if you don't need threes, then you don't sort of have to pay as much attention. But you just grab him and you ride it um, while the coaches are giving him minutes. And especially like people who are hitting threes and not smashing your field goal percentage, that is mm. really valuable, isn't it? Because a lot of these guys, like Eric Gordon we talked about earlier, he'll get you threes, but then in other games you'll go two for 11 on you. Yeah, no, Ellington, I mean, he, he knows his role and, and he's he's not going to sort of take 20 shots a game. And, and so even on those nights where he isn't shooting the ball particularly well, he's not going to go three of 18 or something. He might go three of nine, which which isn't as big of an impact. So, um, yeah, across those games that I mentioned, he's shot more than 50% in all but one of those games. Um, so, yeah, look, if he's there, go and grab him. Derek Rose is back as, back and playing for the Pistons. He had 14 points, three assists, uh, two steals, uh, six for 12 from the field. He's not a must-add in 12 teams. Is he just a 14-team, 16-team guy? I don't think I'm putting him on a roster in 12 teams. No, not not as a permanent guy. I've I've streamed him in in a couple of my 12-team leagues just for a game or two. But um, as we've seen, he, he's, he's in and out, in and out. He'll miss two games, play three, miss three, play one, that sort of thing. So, look, yeah, I mean, if, if you've got a, an empty roster spot one day and you What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You just need some scoring, then he's fine to stream in, but then you just drop him and move on. Uh, the next game on the slate was the LA Clippers uh, dealing out, uh, well, it was actually close in the end. It was 109 to 105. Uh, it was uh, this is kind of a weird game. Like at one point they were losing by 18 points and then they got way out in front as well. Uh, the Heat uh, just keep losing one game after the next, don't they? Yeah, it's getting, We I think we oh, we talked about this on the Ghost Show yesterday, yeah, didn't we, about the, about the Heat and the fact that um, – 
yeah, they, they just keep losing games. And, and while it's not it's not panic stations by any means, um, they do need to start turning it around a little bit. Um, otherwise, yeah, they're, they're going to be uh, pushing to, to make that that uh, final playoff spot, although there are 10 teams that, that sort of make it this season. So that helps. Um, but yeah, they, they just, they don't look great without, um, without Jimmy Butler there. Let's talk about the heat first. We'll sip it around. We normally talk about the away team first, but I, I mean, in the bubble, it's hard to know sometimes when you're watching who's the away <laughs> team and who's the home team anyway, right? Like there are a few fans in, at some of the games, but it's still pretty empty. So it's kind of weird, isn't it? You're watching sort of like there's the dancers there, a sprinkling of fans. Some of the some of the stadiums, there's no fans at all. There's like the DJ. I think of the Houston game today, I saw the Houston Max mascot taking off his clothes, like the, the furry animal mascot and streaking around this empty stadium. It's a bit weird. But uh, anyway, I do digress. Let's talk about the Heat. So for the Heat, the good news for them, I guess, was Tyler Harrow coming back. You never like to see somebody having a neck injury, having had some injuries myself in the neck and the back. That is not good. But he had 19 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 8 for 21 from the field on huge volume, big usage for him. This is his first sort of, even before he got injured, his first sort of big game for a while. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so so good to see him back. Um, but probably, I mean, we've seen him do this when Butler doesn't play, and and Dragic was out as well today. So if you have Hero, um, you might look at trying to sell him off today after this performance because I, I think Butler is pretty close to coming back. Um, and we saw the impact that that Hero had on Kendrick Nunn today as well, who only had ten points. The funny thing about Hero is I had him in a few leagues and the ones that I have him in are Roto or head-to-head leagues that are weeklies. So I've just been able to stash him on my bench. But if if it was in daily leagues where I had him, I think I might have even dropped him because he just he was just so average to start off the season. Now, speaking of drops, now here's another thing we talked about on the Ghost Show yesterday. Kelly Olynyk he had another kind of meh game, didn't he? Meh, yeah. not as in nightmare, meh, as in M-E-H. He had nine points, four rebounds, one assist, but he just he hit three threes, so he somehow salvaged it a little bit. Yeah, he did. He's uh, he's really frustrating to have on your roster at the moment. Um, he's probably been dropped by a lot of people in a lot of leagues. Um, but as I, I talked about yesterday, and he didn't do me any favours today, uh, he is someone I'm holding, if possible. Uh, I just want to see how he goes when they get Butler and when they get Dragic back on the floor, because I think once some of that pressure is taken off him, uh, he actually tends to play a little bit better. So... If you're, if you're sitting pretty in your standings, um, I would try and hold um, just to, until you see a couple of games with everyone back. Yeah, and that's the point, isn't it? Jimmy Butler was out. Goran Dragic was out. A Harkless is not playing. Avery Bradley didn't play. There was no um, no Iggy as well. So we had 18 points, four rebounds, four assists, two steals from Gabe Vincent. Uh, Kendrick Nunn played uh, 32 minutes again. He had 10 points, three rebounds, three assists on five of 12 shooting. And Duncan Robertson had a not a very good game here. Two for eight, only six points with two three-pointers. for the Clippers, well, it was sort of really spread out, like trying to find a winner here. I... I um, streamed Reggie Jackshots Jackson, as I call him, because he, he's never seen a shot. He doesn't like Reggie Jackson. Uh, six for 15 from the field, 16 points, eight rebounds, six assists, one steal. He seems to be like the number one option alongside maybe Nick Batum while these other guys are out. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, Batum, uh, Batum was really good today, and and this is just this is what he's been doing all year. He's just quietly putting up numbers. Um, and Jackson, yeah, look, as long as Pat Beverly's out, and it sounds like he could be out for a couple of games at least, they don't have a timetable for his return. So, um, yeah, look, even once uh, Kawhi and, and PG come back, which which could be sooner than, than Beverly, I think Jackson is probably the guy that you want to have there. But in saying that, um, Terrence Mann has been getting good minutes, uh, as has Luke Kennard. So... A little, they may sort of ride the hot hand. They're a little bit like they're going to in Portland, um, but yeah, I think Jackson would be the priority out of those guys. Yeah, and Nick, Nick Batum is inside the top seventy on the season, I think, isn't he? Uh yeah. Well, he'd be close, I would say. I've got it open here. Let me have Where a look. Where is he? Wow, fifty-six. Uh, Jesus, yeah. that yep. is. So, um, I, gee, I feel a bit bad because I picked him up in a few places and then I dropped him in pretty much all of them except one, I think. Yeah, he, yeah, look, I saw, I've seen that across a couple of my leagues. Um, I picked him up in a 14 team league that I'm in and I'm, I'm glad I did. Um, and that's actually a, a team where I'm punting, scoring, punting points. So he fits that build really well. Um, yeah, I mean, we know what Batum can do. We we saw him do it in Charlotte for years, and and then last year he just barely played. He wasn't even in the rotation. So I think everyone just forgot about him. And and even now he he's as we can see. I mean, he's a top sixty player without doing anything sort of outlandish. There's nothing there that's not sustainable. So um, he's just one of those guys that isn't really flashy, but if you've got him on your roster, you just leave him there and forget about him. Yeah, I mean, there's not many people in the top 60. I reckon there's probably, the others are probably all centres who are averaging only 10 points a game and are in the top 60 because he's 10 points, two threes, five rebounds, 2.6 assists, which is not big either, but 1.3 steals, uh, no blocks. The field goal percentage is really good, and he's good. He doesn't turn the ball over. He hardly turns the ball over at all, and he's got good three throw percentage. So he's a guy who just doesn't hurt you. Um, a guy who does hurt you is Lou Williams, uh, but he had 17 points, five rebounds, four assists, and two steals. He hurts you because he goes through games where he doesn't do anything, and his field goal percentage is pretty rough. Uh, it was four for nine from today. I don't. He's still not somebody that you're picking up to stream, are you? Or are you? Uh, well, look, maybe just for streaming, but that would be it. I mean, watching him play, he's he's just he's fallen off quite quickly. Which I mean, given his age, it's not surprising. But he can he's getting to his shots like he always has been able to, but he's just not making them. Those little floaters and that sort of thing that used to just be money for him, he, he wouldn't miss them. Um, they're all sort of coming up short, and and so yeah, I think I think time has just caught up with him a little bit. Um, he will have games where where he's going to score 20 points, but they're just, they're few and far between now. Mm. Uh, it was all a bit messy here. There were like four guys, five guys in double figures for the Clippers and Luke Kennard had nine points. He had nine points, four rebounds and three assists on four for 10 shooting. Serge Ibaka had 10 points, 13 rebounds, which is nice. Three assists and one steal and one block. He remains the preferred center to have there. Uh, Zubac, who I've got in a couple of leagues, uh, had six points, eight rebounds, one assist and one steal. Uh, who, obviously, it's Ibaka over Zubac. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, not, I mean, neither of them are, are overly appealing. Pick one. Um, I would go with Ibaka just because he's getting more minutes, really. Yeah, so uh, 
but can I hold on to Zubac? I'm streaming him, I think, in one or two spots just for those where I need some rebounds. Yeah, if you if you're just holding him for blocks and rebounds, um, and and his percentage there, then that's fine. Um, he's a, a little bit like a sort of a Jakob Purtle kind of guy, so you know, you know, he's going to give you decent numbers in in limited minutes, and you just hope that perhaps a Barker. I mean, you never wish an injury on anyone, of course, but um, perhaps a Barker goes down for a couple of games, or, or they they sort of have a few matchups where they need um, a bigger body inside and, and he might sort of edge his way up towards 25, 26 minutes. The other thing I like about him is he's decent at the foul line. So a lot of times you get a big man in, you stream him in for blocks and rebounds and then in a head-to-head matchup on a Sunday, they they go to the foul line and their dog shit at the foul line, go two for six or something and you end up losing the the free throw percentage in a matchup. I just absolutely hate that. So Zubac works for me because he's he's I think he's seventy five or seventy seven percent on his career, and this season he's eighty eight percent or something from the line. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he, he's not going to shoot a lot of free throws. Um, but yeah, he he's eighty. Where are we here? So he's eighty. Yeah, eighty three percent from the line. Yeah, so go. so he's not going to hurt you there. Um, and he's actually shooting seventy percent from the field. So that's handy. Yeah, the free throw, the field goal percentage is good too. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what else is good. Uh, when you do bet online, you should use mybookie.ag. Uh, ever since we started this podcast, people ask us for betting tips, and we always get asked like stuff. You got the Lakers, you got the Clippers, you got Rogers or Mahomes. Well, actually, to be Mahomes against um, Tom Brady this weekend, wouldn't you? Well, if you want to put a bet on, you should do it with mybookie.ag. Uh, the reputation is rock solid. They've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. Uh, listen to Dan's show. You'll hear lots of promotions and things he's doing about it if you're interested. Uh, they're also the only place we trust to handle our NBA-related bets. The only sportsbook guaranteed to give us the best lines for the national championship college football game. Uh, those kind of things. Well, actually, that's actually gone now. But all the upcoming games that are going on, the Super Bowl will be the, the next big one going on. All the NBA games. Uh, we don't give our stamp of approval easily. You've got to be the best at what you do. And my bookie is the best sportsbook out there, period. It's simple. Sign up. And this is the most important bit. Enter the promo code HOOPBALL. That's H-O-O-P, ball, one word, and get your deposit matched halfway up to a 1,000 buckaroos. Wow. Head over to MyBookie if you want to add a little bit of excitement to the sports you love and the games that you bet on. Uh, Speaking of excitement, the last game in the evening is the Phoenix Suns up against the uh, Golden State Warriors, and the Suns ran out winners by 21 points. It was exciting because it was close for a while, but the fourth quarter... Uh, the Suns just blew them away. And part of the reason was Kelly Oubre. What are we doing with Kelly Oubre? He started out zero for eight. I think he finished one for 11 and he missed a dunk. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, we, we were talking a little bit about this before we got on air. So he's, prior to today, he was actually putting up some good numbers. Um, but I have a feeling two of those games were against the uh, the, the Timberwolves. So yeah, they were. Um, you, you need to sort of factor that in when you look at his production because the Wolves are, are pretty ordinary at the moment. Um, yeah, look, he, he, he's I have him in one league and I am holding him. Uh, I just I don't, I'm not sure he's a guy you can drop um, given that we know what he can do. But it is rough, and, and it's been um, – we're sort of a quarter of the way through the season now. So um, it, it's the sample size is is, is fairly decent now, and, and maybe he just doesn't fit there. And there have been rumours that they're looking to trade him, and, and maybe that's something that, um, that they will do and, and that will actually turn out uh, in his favour. 
Yeah, so he had just four points, uh, four rebounds, one assist, one steal on that, one of 11, shooting at 9.1%. He was zero from five from deep. And just the eye test just looked bad. Like the, the, the three-point stroke looked roughed. He was hitting right on the front of the iron. Uh, he missed a uh, – there was a, a sequence there. He planged a three-pointer. He missed a layup that looked weird. And then he fell over another one, and the shot just went out of bounds on the full. If it was in an AFL term, it was out of bounds on the full. <laughs> just awful. But – Prior to today, he was inside the top 70 in the last week. I know, like you mentioned, two of those games were against Minnesota. That's the problem, the upside, I think. He's still uh, around about 140 or so on the season. So he's borderline good enough for your last spot. I think you've probably just got to hold on to him. Uh, Someone who's better, who's been better this season and perhaps surprisingly so, Andrew Wiggins had 16 points, five rebounds and one assist. Draymond Green had a Draymond Green kind of... uh, line uh he had two points four rebounds six assists three steals greeny is he going to end up inside what the top 70 is that doable he's not been fantastic oh i don't think so i don't have him anywhere uh he he looks like when he's on the floor you watch him he's he's almost a a coach on the floor uh, for a lot of these younger guys so his production's not there. I mean, he, his shot blocking has fallen way off. And if you if you actually watch him running around, he's got no lift or or anything when when he's playing when he's jumping. So, um, yeah. Look, I mean, if you've got him, then then you hold on to him. He he does give you good assists numbers from a forward spot. So um, there is a little bit of upside in some categories there. But um, yeah, he, he's not a guy that I think uh, is a, is even a must roster in twelve team leagues. And Steph Curry just keeps cooking. He had 27 points, four rebounds, four assists, 10 for 20 from the field and five for 10 from deep. Perfect, the foul line. It's not his fault that he lost. James Wiseman, we talked about him on the ghost show as well, I think. He had five points, six rebounds, one assist and one steal, two for nine from the field. He's just a must-hold, isn't he? Or not even that? Uh, He is... He is, I think, in most situations. I think you're holding because, I mean, the upside is there. We've seen he looks really good um, in certain points during the game and then other points he looks lost. So uh, I think that's part of, like, they are trying to get him on the court with Draymond and and Steph to to just to get him a, a feel for playing next to those guys. But it is, yeah, it's tough. Look, when he's only playing 18, 18 minutes and he's coming off the bench, um coming off the bench now, which he seems to have embraced and he's happy with it, but it, it isn't good in terms of fantasy. And and he was a little bit the same as Oubre. He was really good yesterday, uh, but it was against the Timberwolves and, and against Nas Reed. So, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm holding if I can, um, but if you, if you need sort of production and you're battling in the standings there, then maybe you have to move on. Yeah, there's some tough decisions to make some, uh, sometimes. I, I, dropped, I dropped uh Dante DiVincenzo in a league last night, which is a dynasty league as well, but it has very shallow benches because I'm in, I'm all in to win this season, and I just there's better guys on the waiver wire, and sometimes you've got to you've got to take some risks, don't you? You do, yeah. And DiVincenzo is one of those guys, I guess, who he's probably been a little bit underwhelming, but but he he's still, I mean, he's been fine, but it's really just his steals that are keeping his value afloat at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, look, sometimes you do have to make these tough calls, uh, especially now, as we, as I said, we are sort of a quarter of the way through the season. Um, and that's in terms of the actual NBA season. In terms of fantasy, we're probably close to a third of the way through now. 
I think with category leagues, that's a big difference. And shout out to people who play only in points or only in categories. I play, of course, in in both of the formats. But say 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 Di Vincenzo, for example. I'm I, the build I have there. I have like some big steals and blocks guys, and so I don't really need those stats from him. And he gets blocks, and he's getting low points on low field goal percentage. So hurting me in a couple of categories that I need, and aiding me in categories that I don't need. And he's clearly the worst player, and that's what uh, what led to my drop. Now let's talk about a pickup. Jay Crowder, sixteen points, nine rebounds, three assists, and one steal. I had a bit of a squiz on the uh, Discord, and I saw you saying he's just about a must add. Uh, yeah, look, I think while Booker is out, he, he is. Um, he's been really good the last three games. I think I picked him up this morning in two leagues um, and pretty happy with, with what he did today. Uh, he, he was sort of, he started the season pretty well and then cooled off a little bit and, and Johnson moved into the starting lineup. But he's one of these guys who's, I mean, he can be really good for a stretch and then he'll sort of fade out and, and not do much. But I would say while Booker is out, uh, which I don't think he's going to be a, a sort of a lengthy absence, but hamstrings can be tricky. Uh, I, I would probably be adding Crowder in most leagues, yeah. He's already 112 on the season, and in the last week uh, it's been good. The field goal percentage on the season has been rough, though. He's just shooting 38% from the field. Let's do something live. This is the kind of support you get from experts like Adam if you go and join the Discord server. I've got my uh, my Dan $75 Roto League open. I've got Jay Crowder, and he's available so who am I dropping for Jay Crowder here? These are my options. Paddy Mills, Reggie Jackson, uh, Torian Prince, or Joe Harris. Any of those four you would drop for Crowder? Uh, possibly Paddy Mills because Derek White is back this weekend. Um, Mills is, is really just a one-category guy. He's only going to hit threes. I mean, which is similar to Joe Harris there as well. Uh yeah, I would think. I think the Spurs might have a back-to-back though uh, this weekend, and and White is going to play one of those games, so it's not going to be both of them. Um, and look, even Joe Harris. I mean, he's been a little bit up and down with with the Nets now having those the three big guys on the court. Uh, I would probably have Crowder over over Harris and, and Mills. Um, Jackson, as we've seen, he's going to have some value while yeah. um, Pat Beverly's out. And the the fourth, who was the fourth guy you mentioned? The fourth guy was Torian Prince. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look, Prince is an interesting one. He's been pretty good uh, s- since he came across. So yeah, maybe you just ride him and see see what he can do. His minutes have been there. Um, I don't think he's going to be a consistent 12-team guy, but but I would probably have uh, hold on to Prince over over those guys as well. All right. Well, let's – sorry, sorry, Paddy. I'm going to drop Paddy there because I'm, I'm, I'm well ahead in three-pointers, by the way. So Yeah, okay. My field goal percentage is already so badly in the toilet, like taking on <laughs> another guy. By the way, I mean, Paddy's field goal percentage has been great this season, but we don't expect that to stick right through the whole season, do we? Like he's – he was been shooting the lights out. Uh, but it, by the way, he's 160th in the last week, Paddy. So he has already fallen off a bit. He has, yeah. And and we again, we see this from Paddy Mills every year. He'll go on a sort of a, a week, ten days, where where he'll hit three or four threes um, every game and, and play 30 minutes. But with um, yeah, with Derek White coming back and 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 Murray playing well, and they've still got Lonnie Walker there. Uh, he, I just yeah, I don't think he's going to be playing um, more than about sort of minutes in the low 20s once everyone's back on the floor. Uh, I've got a couple more reads here for the Phoenix Suns. Chris Ball had 
the 13 points, but he was efficient, really reasonably efficient on six for 13 shooting. He had four assists and two steals. He was just not overextending himself too much today because a lot of guys were playing well. Abdul Nader had 16 points, five rebounds, three assists, six for 15 from the field. Even Frank the Tank Kamitsky got in in the act. He had 12 points, 14 rebounds and eight assists. My goodness, Frank the Tank. But he's only a 14 or a 16 team guy, isn't he? Yeah, this will be Frank's best game for the year, um, probably. So I would say sell high, but it's a pretty good chance that no one actually had him on their roster. So uh, yeah, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into this at all. Now DeAndre Ayton had a double double, twelve points, thirteen rebounds, four assists, and one steal. I'm feeling pretty good that I didn't trade him away for Chris Boucher. Uh, did I do the right thing in a word? Uh, or is oh, it still borderline? Yeah. I think it's still borderline. Um, I think, yeah, Aiton's been a lot better over the last two weeks. Um, so I think you, you feel better about yourself um, than, than you would have two weeks ago. And, and Boucher has cooled off a little bit. So, uh, no, I, th- I think I think that's fine. I would probably still have Boucher just for the upside there, but but Aiton probably has a higher floor. And he's, he's inside the top 50 on the season now after being dreadful. Uh, Cam Johnson had 13 points, five rebounds and two assists. Uh, we already talked about Jay Crowder. Uh, Langston Galloway had eight, five and three. Uh, it was really spread around. Obviously, there was a bit of garbage time here. Uh, and as I mentioned, Abdul Nader going off. Uh, Cameron Payne didn't play. Saric didn't play. Booker didn't play. Uh, and uh, Damian Jones is injured. Uh, What's his name? Javon Carter only played a few minutes. So it was a bit a bit of a weird one. McCall Bridges, he's the last one I mentioned. 20 points, uh, one rebound, five assists, two steals. He and a block. He was six for 10 from the field. And he was dominating on the inside too. Like his, his players, he's another one who should be in that most improved conversation too, shouldn't he? Uh, I think he, he'll be in the discussion. I, I don't think that he would be sort of up there with those other three you mentioned just because... He actually finished last season really well, um, so we we did see this coming a little bit with him. Uh, but but he he is yeah, I mean he, his offensive game especially has has just gone to another level. So um, he has had a couple of duds, uh, but that's to be expected from a guy like this. So he's actually yeah, I mean he's inside the top top fifty for the season, and, and I think uh, probably another player similar to him that that would come into that discussion would be OG Ananobi uh, for the Raptors. He, he's a, a guy that. We, we know he can contribute on the defensive end and it's really been the, the offensive uh, progression that has boosted his value this season. Wow, that's, you just read my mind because my, my next question was going to be, now for the last question of the day, the mastermind question for Adam Kingy, I was going to say, uh, who would you prefer in Dynasty, OG or McCall Bridges? Oh, man, that's really hard. Uh you set yourself up for it by mention. I was like, should I ask you this question or not? And then you said, OG, yourself, you put yourself on yeah. the spot. Yeah, I'm just, I'm looking at their stats here and they're so similar. They're both averaging 14.6 points, 2.53s, uh, 5.8 rebounds, 1.6 assists to 1.8. Uh, two, probably just the steals is the only difference at the moment. Ananobi's getting a few more. Um, man, their stats. If you if you've got the rankings there and you look at their stats, they're almost identical mm. across the board. Uh, I I I don't know if I could pick one. Um, <laughs> possibly possibly Bridges. Um, Maybe he has a little bit more of a floor from game to game a bit. Like OG can be a bit streaky, can't he? Like he goes through some really rough shooting patches, whereas. 
Bridges' field goal percentage seems to be a bit sturdier. Yeah, I think so. And I, I just, I think um, on the, the Raptors' side, like they've just been underperforming this season. So I think um, uh, Siakam, there's sort of room for him to improve. Um, uh, Powell has been better lately. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, so I just, I think Ananobi, his offensive production could fall off slightly as as those around him get better. Uh, but yeah, that's a really, really tricky. I might actually put that on Twitter and see uh, see what the people think about that one. Awesome. Well, that'll be fun. I look forward to seeing that. I look forward to uh, getting this show out, uh, guys. If you're listening to this and not following it on Twitter, where you can get over to the the Hoopball Fantasy feed on Twitter and comment on the show. If you've got any questions for me or Kingy, you can follow Kingy at Adam King ninety one on Twitter. You can find me, Mister Jolly of Sydney, on Twitter. Kingy, thanks very much for joining us, mate. The Go Show. I got two days in a row. I got to talk to you. Uh, I mate, I should do, we should have more technical problems so I can get you on twice a week. Well, look, that would be nice. And I have got two weeks where I'm just sitting at home watching basketball every day. So um, I will be doing a lot of fantasy work for the next couple of weeks. So no, I look, I'd love that's, to come on again. That's great. I've got I've got some time off work as well from uh, – oh, actually, it probably doesn't coincide with you. Mine starts in the middle of February. But anyway, we'll get you back on. Uh, it was great to have you on. Great fun for me too. Thanks very much. Thanks to everybody for listening. Don't forget to give us a follow. Uh, Check us out and look forward to the next show. Bye for now and good luck with all your fantasy teams, everyone. This has been a hoop ball presentation.